surfing hang 10 during the intro loops. so yeah major wave is <laughs> <laughs> most non-heinous wave yeah 100 how y'all doing yeah man? i was say quincy jones in the building yes sir we are live in the well the, the office of a lot of business going down yes. i got a lot of shit in here, a lot of business being standard on it here a lot of a lot of business been in standard yeah we got the green screen here we mm-hmm. got the winter circle stuff here yeah and then now uh, we're here right here at the quote unquote uh the conference table we've done a lot yeah. of actually done, done a lot of work while, at this while, while recording a podcast so, yes and yeah, we, yeah also much business the podcast the recording room as well and yeah. uh, of course i'm here joined by my esteemed colleague my most trusted partner in the business. <clears throat> yeah. What's going on, sir? It's Doc Lesnar. You guys already know what it is. Hip Hop Hybrid, the only ones in existence in the world of pro wrestling and hip hop. And once again, it's a brand new spanking fresh episode. Fresh of the out the Qu- plastic, homie. Yes, sir. Of the Quincy Jones Show podcast. We back. Yeah, and we snacking. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm putting that out there. If you, mm-hmm. you hear a munch. Snacking like Taz during picture in picture, baby. Let's <laughs> go. We just discussed that. Just so that's why, it. that's why yeah. I'm popping so hard. Pluck so. that one. Sorry, I had to pluck that one. So where do you want to go, man? You want to go awesome. news? You want to do some review? I know it's been a while since you did review. Yeah, it has. I could jump in a review just to kind of get I that know going. that there's deadline coming up, correct? Yeah, we ain't doing predictions this week. Is that, is that this week? It's this Saturday, yes. Okay, so it's not and, on and TV. And in case you don't know where it's at, it's at Bridgeport, Connecticut, because they won't let you forget it. So basically, Melo's coming home, right? Mm-hmm. He's Boston, but yeah. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the area, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, they'll it's, say that that's like uh, uh, whenever Taz is like, oh, yeah, we're about 30, you know, we're like 10 <laughs> down the street from where the Bucks live. Like, no, this is L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They live in Rancho. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. It's like, you'd be closer they... if you're in Ontario, sir. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, they're the and even then, Center. that's still another 30 minutes, dude. 100%. <laughs> yeah, you can kick it off in some NXT real quick. Yeah, man. We did I have know. some stakes going on into and, 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 uh, and deadline. Just, just to, you know, I'm going to acknowledge it. It's been a while since we brought it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's see what's cooking over there on the, the gold brand. Yeah, well, we, we kick it off pretty fast. There's a uh, last chance fatal four-way for the women's side of the Iron Survivor. We got Roxanne Perez taking on Thea Hale, Fallon Henley, and Kiana James. Uh, before it's, the... it's crazy hearing Roxanne names because yeah, there's a to, few names you haven't heard uh, in i was a while gonna say because I, I, yeah. I haven't had to cover it mm-hmm. so it's not like i just don't even check trust me yeah and i've been lukewarm on roxanne for a little bit but she's been doing, yeah. uh, doing a little side i won't say side missions. i, I, I don't go. i don't like, blame her because i think the mandy situation kind of forced her in a in a to be crowned well they gave her a, a lot too fast yeah for sure but uh, before the match, we see footage is shown of Perez and Keanu James, who've been going back and forth for almost a few months now, getting into a big fight while training at the PC the day before. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, some ups from this, nonstop action from the jump. Uh, you know, it starts off with a fun flurry of uh, alternating pin attempts by all competitors very early on. At one point, even Perez goes for the pop rocks on Fallon, but Keanu intervenes by, by shoving her off Henley's back, which kind of felt oh, like okay. showcased some good wherewithal in regards to the stakes at hand for the match. But as always, I'll get to the spots in the 
finish, um, we see Lyra. She's shown watching the match from backstage in her locker room as, you know, the winner of the Survivor match will, you know, get a chance to challenge her for the title. And she's I keep forgetting she, that she – I forgot that she beat Becky. Yeah. yeah. And she's visibly stalked from behind, like, by Tatum Paxley. So, I, you know, she's got that new look, new personality. Hmm. She doesn't notice her, like, you know, uh, peering at her th- from behind the door. But we'll get more on that after this. But, uh, you know, we get a double arm drag by Thea to Perez and Fallon. Uh, Perez attempts a diving attack, but Kiana cuts her off by shoving her hard to the floor from the top rope. Uh, Kiana fights with Perez outside before pulling her on uh, into the line of fire of a suicide dive by Thea Hale. Uh, Kiana uses the no DQ stipulation to attack Perez with her loaded designer bag. A lot of targeted attacks between Kiana and Roxanne despite it being a fatal four-way because they have, you know, this bad blood. Uh, Fallon goes to superplex Thea uh, only for Kiana to initiate a Towers of Doom with a powerbomb before she falls victim to a diving crossbody from Perez. But um, we see the finish where Perez and Kiana are fighting on the floor, and then they take the fight onto the barricade, which is like the barricade closest to the announce table, and they exchange forearms until both of them lose their balance and come crashing through the table. Pretty cool spot. Uh, But they take each other out, essentially. Fallon is distracted by this, uh, you know, when she's watching from outside and Thea tries to sneak her from behind with the O'Connor roll only for Fallon to kick out, which launches the throat first into the middle rope before mm. Fallon follows through bouncing off the ropes with a shining wizard for the win. Really good spot. Uh, and she joins the what? iron survivor match. I was very surprised she, she by this. Can't, she, she can't take the, isn't that Tegan Knox's move? Uh, Tegan Knox is no longer in NXT. I mean, that's all I'll say. Uh, later on, mm. Kiana does arrive to the trainer's room, flanked by her new friend Izzy. I think she was one of the girls that stepped in during the uh, oh Bailey's fam. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> during the uh, breakout <laughs> tournament. Uh, yeah, and she yeah, vows. Uh, she vows to end Roxanne next time she sees her. Totally unaware that she's in the trainer's room at the same time, like a few stretchers down, which is kind <laughs> of really you know. And they continue to brawl, but they get separated. And then Ava uh, is it Ava Rain. They used to be the Rock's daughter. Yeah. So she's now, I think, a like a liaison for the women's division. So she's totally broken away from Joe Gacy, and Joe Gacy's on his other shit right now. But she appears in the middle of them. And yeah, promises- I, I, I saw that other shit. Yeah. With the ring bell and it's, all that Yeah, weird it's really shit. weird, yeah. yeah. But she promises to give them a conclusion, uh, you know, and she says, I got to meet with HBK to make it official. And then she reappears later in the show to announce that Kiana James will face Roxanne Perez in a steel cage match at uh, Deadline, which it was they, funny. I don't know like, if they needed a steel cage. I felt I like know. it was going to go there because they've been fighting all over the place. Oh, like, like, okay. You know, so... Uh, we get a live. No, since we haven't been covering it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we get a live Valkyria backstage interview. Uh, she's asked who she feels has the best chance of winning the Survivor match now that the field is set. But she gets interrupted by Lola Vice and Electra Lopez. Just a reminder: Lola won the breakout tournament, so she has a title. That's contract. a good pairing. Uh, those two. Yeah, uh, definitely. And, and then it gets a little more interesting on that too. She uh, she tells her, you know, you might be getting ahead of yourself, thinking you're still going to be champ by the time the Survivor match is over. And reminds her, I can cash in my title uh, contract at any time, maybe even tonight. Lyra tells her, you know, you have all the power in your hand. You're ready. I'm ready to do it. And Lola's like, oh, I'm always ready. And Lopez chimes in, hey, we may even cash that contract in for the women's tag team titles, which seemed cool, I guess. But then Tatum Paxley interrupts all of them, and she shows up. And Lola demands that she minds her own business before she's challenged by Paxley to prove if you're as ready as you say you are. Let's see if you are later tonight in a match. And she's simultaneously twirling Lyra's hair. Like, I don't know if she has an obsession with Lyra. But hmm. it's this new, you know, it's personality, like I said. But um, Lola accepts and leaves with a lecture while Kelly Kincaid and Lyra fix their eyes on Tatum in bewilderment. So uh, there goes that. We have an in-ring segment from Wes Lee. He's shown prior to. I saw this. It was, uh, it was weird because it, it was really heartbreaking, obviously. 
emotional. Yeah, but, but I feel like he but, knows how to tap into that sometimes. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, that's been kind of like a majority of the character he's been uh, playing since. Yeah, uh, you know, they had to break up the team, so to speak. But yeah, I it was weird because I saw uh, a quote from Sean about it, and he's saying that they don't even know the severity. Well, of it or I something. got I got a timetable now, but he's shown backstage with a crutch before making his way to the ring, and it's a very specific crutch. I've never seen this before, like like the way it's shaped. So, uh, but yeah. While teary-eyed, he highlights his ambitions of defeating Dirty Dom for the North America title and having the support of the fans before revealing he suffered a severe back injury that's taken away the feeling in his left foot. He details how excruciating Jesus. it is just to stand in the ring and says his injury is going to take surgery in time despite being unsure of the timetable for a return, but he does vow to come back and cement his legacy. says he's far from being done and this is not goodbye, but for now it's just see you later. And then, of course, he gets interrupted by Dirty Dom. And I got to give Dom some credit. He, you know, he trolls Dom. He's like, oh, you got to go home again? He's like, you know, no one's asking me how my back feels after carrying WWE for these past two years. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he tells Wes, you know, why don't you go right. home, sit back and watch me and watch what I do with this title, basically, in your absence. Uh, you know, and he assumes now he has a night off at deadline to hang out with mommy and watch the show. And then Wes clarifies, no, you still have a title match and cues to the uh, Titan Tron, which, you know, shows Ray Mysterio. And Ray says, you know, you thought you had the night off, but guess what? You're going to be at deadline and I will be, too, because I'll be in the corner of this man and revealing the new opponent to be Dragon Lee, who, you know, enters the ring yeah, for a face to face. Uh, <laughs> Dom tries to sneak attack him. Lee sees it coming. Uh, fights back. He teases that sit-out powerbomb he does, but uh, you know Mysterio powders out. And uh, later on, commentary notes that uh, Wes's co- recovery time is anywhere between eight to twelve months. Holy so, shit! Yeah. So damn, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. I didn't know it was something that serious. Where he's he's saying that he can't feel his leg. Like yeah. Sheesh. Uh, next, we get a vignette for the men's breakout tournament damn. that's going to start next week. Riley Osborne, Keanu Carver, Tavion Heights, Dion Lennox. Luca Crucifino, who was that lawyer guy that uh, kind of remember, he's the one that started poking the bear when Vaughn was first starting his put you know, like tabling people. Because uh, he, he was like, oh, he did like one little vignette, which wasn't bad, but he, he's the only guy that really has a, a defined character. Uh, Miles Bourne, who's the guy that was like the recruit that was running with Gulak and them. Uh, remember, like McFallon oh, tried to okay. recruit him and then he turned. That was like, yeah, the, 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 I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot. Like when you said, you said Tavion saw. I'm like, I'm like, who the hell? Is yeah, that? no, I don't know half these guys except Luca Miles. There's a guy named Trey Bearhill, which I was a little annoyed because you could, he's clearly a Native American type gimmick, and I'm like, but we have Eddie Thorpe already. Like, I don't get why is we is he. Yeah, it, it's really weird. And then Oba Fe, uh, Femi, who I've heard of. So, yeah, but this I starts remember. next week. Uh, we get Tatum Paxley versus. That's Lola. weird. Yeah, I mean, not weird, but I guess like usually you know at least a little bit more of yeah. the field. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's. I mean, it a lot. Like a, yeah, there's, there's, it's all eight, but I don't. I, Sounds like a lot of these guys are getting. Their I would say it's probably going to come down to Luca and Miles, if I had to guess. But uh, we get Tatum Paxley versus Lola Vice. Uh, ups Tatum using her new look and personality to you know execute some on-brand evasive maneuvers and uh, like mannerisms as well as offense is what I'll say. But uh, spots we get a big spinebuster like takedown by Lola. Uh, we get a corner running cross body by Tatum, which is not like what the Miz or a few guys do. She actually does a cross body like into the corner, so I really like that. Uh, before she encounter she counters a triangle choke attempt by Lola with a power bomb. Uh, Lola applies an inverted figure four. 
I would say they were I starting to call the the vice grip, but they kind of say that anytime she has a submission on because of her Bellator background. But Tatum does escape before eating uh, some body kicks and the spinning back fist. But the finish comes where um, Lola hits a running hip smash before eventually putting Tatum away with that spinning heel kick she's been using. Post match, too, uh, too many people using kick. Isn't Lyra use a kick too? Uh, yeah, she does. It's a little different. Lyra's looks more like the and then Zaya uh, Lee got a kick. Yeah, she does. Lyra looks more like the <laughs> the Malachi kick, I would say. Um, while hers is more of a like, it's like just a spinning kick. Like you know, it's it's just you know one that you would see like like In, a spinning no roundhouse. Mercy. It's, there a, you go. it's a no mercy. I know. What yeah, you're yeah, talking ex- exactly. About. Yeah. yeah. Electra uh, afterwards enters the ring to raise Lola's hand in victory, but Lola noticeably gives her a look when she sees that Electra has the contract in her hand, so she opts to hold it herself. So it seems like you know there's a little bit of like. Um, what's the word? Uh, confusion of like what the intention will be for that, you know. But um, we had a six man tag. This is easily one of the funnest things on the show. Alpha Academy uh, with uh, it was Otis Gable and Maxine Dupree taking on Metaphor, which was uh, Oral Mensa, uh, Noam Dar, and Last Legend. Uh, before that, Joe Gacy curiously appears in the stands behind the announce table among the fans and tells Vic the fans love him and he's doing a good job. And it was just very random. Um, Ups, big entrances by both factions, which give the match a main roster feel is what, how I felt. It was really fun um, because I've seen Metaphor come out before, but they've really got it together, I will say. Here's some fun spots by everybody. Gable with an early ankle lock on both Dar and Mensa, but they each quickly get the rope break and tag out. Uh, Dupree snaps off a textbook Hurricane Rana for two after having her first running variation blocked by Lash uh, Legend. Otis Tease is squaring off at Lash before hitting a two-for-one suplex to Dar and Mensa. Uh, Gable follows up with a double uh, diving clothesline to Dar and Mensa before all six competitors brawl outside in the ring. Uh, Gable turns Dar inside out with a released German suplex. It was very Kurt Angle-ish. Uh, then Hot tags Otis to clean house. Otis counters a springboard moonsault by Mensa with a midair power slam. It was a little bit botched, but he caught him. And he's big, you know what I mean? So it still got the right effect. Then he blows a kiss to Lash Legend on the apron before following up with that worm elbow he's been doing. Uh, Lash then t- tags into the match to Otis's delight. He begins to jiggle and gyrate before heading towards her, only to get scoop slammed by Legend to a big pop. Uh, which I didn't realize she was that strong, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously, it's as much as you, you're going to give your body, but still. Uh, Dupree hits Lash with a diving her and Karana in an impressive snap suplex for two herself. And the finish comes where Dupree knocks Lash off the apron into Otis's arms for, uh, you know, the comedy spot he likes to do. The shit oh, he, yeah. shit he used to do with Mandy. Exactly. Before my cl- peach. Yeah, before. <laughs> now he's like, my Georgia peach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> before climbing onto Gable's shoulders and nailing Mensa and Lash with a diving cross body from inside the ring to outside. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, uh, Gable turns around and Dar goes for his running into Guri, but Gable blocks it and applies a late grapevine variation of the ankle lock for the win. So and then he did yeah, the so uh, the power slide. Going full angle, huh? Yeah. Then he does the power slide, you know, with the. With the- <laughs> peace sign. so uh we get a pub segment from gallus uh, all you need to know is gallus are approached by hank and tank who offer them each a beer in an effort to talk business they explain to gallus that you know what we want to take our team to the next level and we want to do that by picking a fight with a team that's done it all and there's no team more decorated than you they refuse the offer saying there's plenty of other people that want to slap you guys around instead but hank and tank start trolling their accents and culture to go them into agreeing to a match next week so there you go that's a weird way to go yeah i would say I guess. Uh, we got the Iron Survivor Summit for the women's side, hosted by Byron Saxton. Byron introduces everybody, which is Tiffany Stratton, Last Legend, Blair Davenport, Kalani Jordan, and Fallon Henley. 
uh, and explains, uh, you know, how the winner will be next in line to challenge Lyra and explains that everyone will get a chance to explain why they believe they'll be the Iron Survivor along with a quick rebuttal if they are addressed directly by another entrant. Uh, Tiffany kicks it off, calling herself the favorite in the match. She's the most talented and athletic. She's been co-signed by Charlotte Flair as the future of the women's division, is the only one in the match who's actually held the title. Says it's only a matter of time before she becomes Tiffy two-time as she sees all four all four. I'm sorry, because all she sees are four participation trophies and one winner in her. Uh, Kalani says she has the least experience with the most potential. Points out how uh, no one in the ring was actually in the match last year, so no one really knows what to expect. But touts her gymnastic background as having prepped her for top-notch endurance as she plans to cut a pace no one can keep uh, can keep up with within the 25 minutes. Uh, Lash tells Kalani that no one wants to hear her talk <laughs> before responding to Tiffany, saying... You know, you think you're athletic. Well, it was real athletic when Becky Lynch took your championship, and you should get used to saying toodles to the women's title. Uh, adds how rubbing shoulders with heritage champ Noam Dar has gotten already uh, already used to multiple pinfalls, and her strategy is to use her bougie nature to bully everybody until they all end up in the penalty box. I'm a little like I didn't see the last Survivors match. I think you were covering NXT at that time, but I'm still getting used to the concept of like the penalty boxes and stuff because a lot of people use that in their promos. Yeah, like, I think it's like. A, a two minute uh penalty box period i believe gotcha like if you get pinned then you go in that box and if someone gets else gets pinned within that two minutes too they also go in the box gotcha okay so, so it's, it's all about losing time in a 25 minute time limit yeah like, because it's an iron man type of deal so it's like the person with the most victory so if you can stop someone to you know from getting victories for that two whole minutes maybe you can you know, either get get some more points or stop people from trying to, like, say, if, say, say, like, me and you are one, two and two, and there's five minutes left, and then I'm like, fuck, and I'm gonna try to beat him and get put him in the penalty box. Now mm. there's three minutes left, and I, uh, you know gotcha. what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's like if okay. I could stop you from getting ahead of me, Just, yeah, basically robbing time. Yeah, there's some strategy yeah, to yeah. it, but yeah, it took me a while to understand the full concept. Because I feel yeah, like it, just, it does sound like some TNA stuff. I will say, like, yeah, but, they, but, they took the Iron Man concept, added more people, and then added, yeah, the penalty box. Yeah, to it, so, got you. Uh, Blair Davenport, she talks, says she's not up there to one-up everybody with witty one-liners. She simply doesn't like anyone in the ring or care for their opinions. Points out how no one has tried to come for her yet because they're all scared that they might be her next target and get put on the shelf. Fallon interrupts saying Blair doesn't care about anyone in the ring like she doesn't care about whose ass she needs to kick to become number one contender. Threatens to knock Blair out of, out in the penalty box. Adds nothing would please her more, though, than to knock Tiffany off her high horse. Tiffany says it's pathetic how NXT has wasted a last chance opportunity on, on Fallon, which leads to arguing amongst everyone. And then Byron kind of sharply reminds everyone they agreed to maintain decorum. And Fallon tells Byron, you know what they say, well-behaved women seldom make history. So yeehaw, bitch. And then starches <laughs> Tiffany with a forearm. Oh, damn. Okay. A, yeah, it was a really good look for Fallon. And then uh, just to, to... I like Fallon. I, I do. do, too. And to bridge this... Right after there's a match, a singles match between Axiom and Nathan Fraser, just for com uh, you know a uh, healthy just competition. For flips and dips. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, I mean, there's a nice fucking like. I mean, even the, the five minutes they got because honestly, it's not worth really telling it's the spots. A five minute match. That's crazy. Because yeah, what yeah. happens is just as the action gets going, the women start fighting onto the ramp, and then they get uh, into the ring, okay, so it okay, causes yeah. the no contest. But as they're on the ring. Blair powders out away from the melee and up the ramp, and Nikita Lyons music hits, and she runs down I did, the yeah, ramp I did to hear uh, that, uh, take her out with a spin kick. To a I, yeah, pop. I actually saw that she uh, she came back. Yeah, yeah, she showed up in the crowd last week. So. I saw that, and yeah, so she yeah, she came and snuck up Davenport. Correct. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just a few items here. 
Uh, we got Andre Chase uh, with a Chase U assembly because uh, last week it was. I you remember know, there it, was uh, yeah some cracks uh, in the foundation. Yeah, and so, yeah, there was some some scandal. And, and invest, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm gonna let you know what happened. So. Uh, he says, assemblies are usually held to celebrate accomplishments, but there's no reason for celebration after last week's news of illegal gambling practices and misuse of university funds have rocked Chase U to its core. He admits he's the person who put the school in severe debt, and he's disappointed in himself for failing to set the example he should be as founder of Chase U. He says, due to, to the results of the investigation, Chase U has been placed on academic probation along with a sanction stating that any student who enrolled after the investigation started will no longer be eligible for financial aid due to the compromise debt. Thea then asked how much the debt is. He says hundreds of thousands of dollars plus interest as he went through a third party. He admits after losing all his personal finances, he began to use university assets, which forced him to take the loan out from an organization who he doesn't believe he'll be able to pay back, thus putting himself in the school in a compromising bind, but nonetheless vows to get the university out of this mess and restore it, restore it back to its full glory and quickly uh, and as as efficiently as possible, Duke asks. Well, other than selling my trophy, which I'm not going to do, um, is there anything we could do to help? Some students suggest a bake sale. One suggests a car wash. And then there's this male student who notably catches Thea's eye and suggests a crash course in avoiding financial crisis to help spark productive solutions. They all kind of agree, but it doesn't really go anywhere. But Chase ends by saying he knows that this is unsettling news, but it's confident you know we can all get through this, do this together and get this debt paid. So uh, two thoughts on it because what they were saying that there was some funds were being used for what exactly uh he just said that he 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 lost his it didn't say what it was being used for but he said that he lost his personal uh, finances and began using university assets which forced him to take a loan out and, so, okay, and yeah, yeah and no, the organization i'm sure is the family because I was, the okay that, that, that's what i was yeah. gonna say i feel like with that part it's probably the family the people who can't pay back but i was also thinking i'm like what a twist it would be if they were like if it, he was taking the heat for duke who I don't know. Used to be a gambler who kept losing. Ah, I didn't think about that. You know Damn. what I mean? So I was like, run it back. I was thinking, yeah, maybe, maybe there's Man. a little, you know, long term storytelling. But, but then baby. I'd be giving, <laughs> I'd be giving him too much credit, and him, uh, ironically, yeah. for me, would be HBK. HBK Shizzle, yeah. Uh, next, I love we, you, dude. But you know, yeah, we got two more know. things, and then just the match announcements. But this next thing's pretty big. Um, it's the <laughs> men's fatal said. four. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> this is the uh, men's last chance fatal four way. Oh, okay. Uh, for the survivor match, it's Carmelo Hayes, Tyler Bate, Joe Coffey, Eddie Thorpe. I'm surprised Hayes ain't, ain't didn't already uh, qualify. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I so think who, what who it is is these guys. These guys lost. I think the yeah, qualify yeah. matches. So okay. that's what it is. But before there, are, of course, there's got to be some drama because we're still trying to figure out what happened with Trick and you know who attacked him. Yeah, I was I was wondering about that. Yeah. So earlier in the night, NXT Anonymous leaks security footage from October 17th, which is the night he got attacked. And it shows Trick sharing pleasantries with Mello in the locker room that he's leaving. And then Mello looks like he's sending a timely text message just moments before Trick was attacked. Because mm-hmm. it has been, uh, I think, revealed that it was Lexus King who attacked him. Uh, really? Yeah. So Trick later confronts Mello on his way to the ring about the security footage. And Mello ins- insists, you know, it's not what it looks like. But he says, yo, I'm locked in right now on this last chance match. Can we just, you know, handle this later? But Trick's like, no, I want some answers now. And mm. then Mello's music hits and he goes, look, man, I just got to go do this match. Can we just discuss this later? And Trick's like, no, tell me. It's like, And he says, this is your last chance, bro. And Mello's like, who you telling? And then just walks to the ramp. Like, you know, because he's playing into, like, the whole, this yeah. is my last chance. Yeah. Uh, and then Eddie Thorpe is interviewed. Apparently he's been his ribs have been targeted 
because uh, you know he the last time we saw him he got uh, beat up right? by Dijak. Yeah. yeah, so I guess with he's, the belt and all that in front of his a, folks. Exactly. Yeah. So he's I guess his ribs have been targeted in matches against like Gulak and Braun Breaker, but he's he says you know I'm not 100, but the silver lining is if I win tonight I'll get the opportunity to get revenge on the man who did injure me, which is Dijak. Um, but the match starts. Nobody uh, lo- cares. Uh, yeah, you know, I it, mean, it's so much it's, time it's all, has it's, passed. The only you know? reason I'm bringing it up is because it's part of like the finish. So, okay. but uh, uh, the crowd they start chanting "guilty" anytime Mello gets offense in. It's crazy, and I love how nearly every pinfall gets interrupted by somebody or broken up to you know display the proper urgency needed for the four way. Uh, but yeah, here are the spots, man, and it's it's a grip. But I try to condense them down. Thorpe hits a pair of backdrop drivers to Coffee and Mello. Bait delivers a pair of airplane spins to Thorpe and Coffee. Coffee counters a diving uppercut uh, from Bait with a spinning wheelbarrow sit-out slam, which I haven't really seen before. Uh, we've all seen a wheelbarrow sit-out slam, but I've never seen someone spin into it. Uh, Mello hits Thorpe with his uh, springboard sitting lariat. Thorpe takes out Bait and Mello with a two-for-one diving crossbody. Uh, Bait hits Coffee with an exploder suplex and kips up like he usually does right into a super kick from Mello. Mello then hits a two-for-one springboard freefall DDT, as I've been calling it, on Bait and Coffee before getting drilled with a shotgun dropkick by Thorpe. Thorpe hits Mello with a snap German suplex and follows up with a brain buster to Bait. Uh, Thorpe hits Coffee and Bait on opposite sides of the ring with suicide dives before he runs into a spine buster onto the still steps from Coffee on the floor as the Damn. ref and ringside rushing to check on him. And he essentially gets taken out of the match, uh, the rest of the match from here. Coffee hooks Bait with the rear waist lock as Mello does a diving sunset flip over both of them, coughing cough, uh, causing Coffee, that was hard to say, to German suplex Bait in the process. Uh, Mello then tries to gourd buster Coffee by, you know, he does that suplex cutter, right? Yeah. But Bait's laying on the mat. But as he goes to, like, land on Bait, Bait actually gets his knees up. So, oh, so, so, so it's like a cutter and a gut buster? Yeah, so he kind of avoids getting squashed. Yeah. And then he goes for his rebound lariat, only to run right into a nasty-looking first 48 by Mello for two, which is, of course, the code breaker. But mm-hmm. he got them hops, man. Here's the finish, though. Yeah, Co- I love the way he, he, he'll he leap from one side of the mat and just – Dude, uh, it's crazy. He just appears. It's crazy just, how he, he gets there. He just appears how he gets yeah. there, and it's like the hang time is crazy, yeah. Seriously. Coffee intercepts Mello in midair with a Glasgow send-off, which is like this like running, yeah. you know, like headbutt, shoulder yeah. block thing. He does. Then he exchanges rounds with anything. Uh, Glasgow has to do with the face. Or the yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, or stand off or whatever. You know, like greetings from. That's usually yeah, a running yeah. attack. True. But he exchanges rounds with Bait before eating a bop and bang, and then Bait follows up with the rebound lariat and hits the Tyler Driver ninety seven for the win. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's Jeez, in the Survivor so match. He cuts a promo after the match, touting himself as the final entrant, as well as the uh, you know talks about the Iron Survivor match itself. Says he's usually about peace and tranquility, but to hell with that because come Saturday the other four don't stand a chance because boom he gets interrupted by Dijak. Thorpe is getting helped to the back up the ramp and he goes Dijak says uh Tyler you're as delusional as this guy hold on he hits a running boot I was gonna say, I knew Thorpe, he was gonna do. and he, he yells at the refs, "Get him out of here and take out the trash." He's like, "We were until you fucking." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just so. Yeah, it we was, were just doing that. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was very funny. Exactly. Uh, Dijak continues to insult Bait, then they get interrupted by Braun Breaker, who says they're uh, they better hope and pray he's the last entrant in the match, or they'll all end up in the penalty box, uh, which Ooh. from where he's standing is the safest place to be. <laughs> and he insists you should stay in the box to save your careers when Josh Briggs comes down, who he's probably the odd, oddest guy in yeah. the match. Uh, he 
interrupts him. Oh, I didn't realize he. Yeah, because I didn't know who the other guys are in the match. Yeah, I I just found out in this whole. This yeah, whole thing. I, guess, I guess it's yeah. all. Yeah, he interrupts him now, saying he. You know, I know I'm I'm being underestimated, but I like it that way. I've been waiting for an opportunity of this kind my entire life, and I'm just gonna bet on myself to get the job done. And then he vows to shock the world at deadline. But Trick then interrupts. He's the he's the final entrant, and he says, "Yo, oh, so Melo had a chance to get in there with Trick." Oh, yeah. Shit, okay. So Trick interrupts. He says, "I'm just gonna go straight to the point." He points to everybody. I'm gonna whoop that trick. I'm gonna whoop that trick. I'm gonna whoop that trick. And then Dijak says, "You know, the only trick you should be whooping is your so-called best friend." And he gets decked by Trick. And of course, a brawl ensues before referees and security rush to regain control. Uh, later, we see Mello is shown backstage talking to Ava Rain to help him get something done, and he's confronted by Trick. Trick says, "There's no more running," and demands to know if Mello was the one who texted Lexus King to attack him about a month ago. He vehemently denies the allegation, says, "I would never work with that sucker, but I'm going to prove it by whipping his ass on Saturday." And he reveals that's what you know he asked for a match against him at deadline. He says, "I'm done standing on my word. I'm ready to stand on business." And Trick tells him, "Yeah, you stand in your business, but remember, Mello opens the show, but." Trick is closing it, and he walks off. And I was like, ooh, boy. Hey, Trick came a long way, you know. He did. He did. He really did. So, Matt. No, it's it's so, okay, it's it's Bait, Dijak, Mm -hmm. um, Briggs. I I was going to get it. (laughs) Briggs, uh, Trick, and then, of course, uh, the the defending champion as well, right? Yeah. Uh, No, no, no. No, no, he's not in it? No, this is for a normal contendership, but, oh, so but yeah, he's yeah. in a face-to-face with Baron Corbin. So, but here are the match announcements. Since it got interrupted, during the kickoff, it's Axiom versus Nathan Frazier. Men's Iron Survivor match is going to be Dijak taking on Josh Briggs, Braun Breaker, oh, Trick Breaker. Williams, okay. and uh, Tyler Bate. We have the Women's Iron Survivor match, Tiffany Stratton, Last Legend, uh, Kalani Jordan, Blair Davenport, and Fallon Henley. We have the Steel Cage match of uh, Kiana James taking on Roxanne Perez. The North American Championship Dirty Dom, probably with Rhea Ripley in his corner, taking on Dragon Lee with Ray uh, Mysterio in his corner. And the main event, which is Ilya Dragunov defending his title against Baron Corbin. And this is how we end it with a face-to-face. It's not bad, but it is weird how it where it goes, I will say. So before this, Corbin's interviewed backstage earlier where he says in four days he captures the last piece of the puzzle. He adds he has the Mad Dragon right where he wants him, out of his mind and out of control, which will, uh, which will make taking his title... Uh, even sweeter because he's been bringing up his family a lot, you know. And if you know anything, his, you know, he he's all about his son, but his son doesn't live in the states with him. So he, you know, he's constantly making the sacrifices, you know, to go back home and give him a better life. So keep my son's name out your fucking. Mouth. That that's the vibe for sure. Word. But Corbin kick, uh, he goes to kick things off, but Ilya immediately interjects and shoves down his chair before picking up the mic. He says, you know, Corbin, you turned this championship match into something more than a battle for the title on my shoulder by choosing to bring my personal life into it. Uh, you know, I can handle you mocking my, mocking my accent and my demeanor, but you cross the line when you begin questioning the sacrifices I make for my son to live a better life, and on Saturday, your body will pay for it. Corbin says, you know, what you call sacrifices, I call excuses. And I feel like instead of bringing your family with you on your journey to NXT, you you decided to hop on the plane and leave them behind. It says what you're doing to your son is exactly what your father did to you. And then taunts him for clearly hitting a nerve before Ilya kind of rages out of his sports coat, but grabs the mic and says, I'm trying to contain my angst because if I unleash it now, instead of Saturday, there will be no title match at deadline. You will be in the hospital and you'll be denied the chance to add this NXT title. The one you can't seem to win to your lavish mm. lifestyle and calls him a, a materialistic son of a bitch. 
uh, which it, I've never heard him cuss before. So it was like a, you know, oh, and the whole crowd was like, okay, you know. Corbin says it's not about material things. It's about vindication for me. While for you, this is just another high-profile match for you to win just so you can justify why you leave, uh, justify to your son why you're here. He says whether people want to admit it or not, despite brand changes, despite COVID, ups and downs, I've always been a prominent figure on TV for eight-plus uh, eight years, and it's time to take what's finally what's mine finally. And he says, I know you're about to snap. Uh, because you you know no, you you miss your son. It's like, but I could walk down any street in the world without having to watch my back because I'm that bad, and that's why I can say this to your face. And come Saturday, you'll understand exactly why. Uh, because I've been to hell and back, and I'm not afraid of the Mad Dragon's fire. Corbin then turns his back on Ilya, and this is what's weird. He takes the the table that's there and he props it in the corner, and then he turns his back on him and, and dares him to it to strike him because he wants to get the emotional, you know. Uh, uh, basically take the fire out the dragon before they get to Saturday. And uh, he says, you know, he calls him a coward. And he says, uh, I'm going to take away the, your only reason for being in NXT. Uh, but then Ilya advances on him, then spins him around and then embraces him. Like with, but like with the S grip only, it's like, it's like a hug, but yeah, he's like but collapsing his hands. I was gonna say, it sounds like some San Martino shit right here. Kind of. Yeah. You know? And then he's, and he like tells him in his ear, the only one who can defeat the dragon is the dragon himself. And then it kind of maniacally laughs at him as his music hits. And then all of a sudden, all the men survivor entrants come rushing down the ramp and they're beating each other up and they're flanked by referees and security. And then, Jeez, you know, there's so, so many sloppy. things going on. Uh, you know, people getting hit with people's signatures, but Braun goes to spear Dijak, and you know that spin move people do to kind of like yeah. get him out the way. He spin moves and it ends up spearing Trick through a table as they go off the. Uh, God, that's such yeah. a weird way to set that up. Yeah, it really was. That's so great. Like I was like, uh, I mean, whatever, but whatever the embrace, whatever, right? Because he he's a he's a what's the word? Um, eccentric cat himself. Yeah, yeah, you he is. I mean? Yeah, that's a good way. So to put whatever, it right? But then they have, oh, and now we're brawling. And it's like, it's so impulsive and just like, oh, we got to get that in there because it's the go home. Yep. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. But were they brawling before? They were just talking shit in the same I mean, ring. They, and they, no- did, they did brawl after, you know, he, he you know, yeah, but, but it just wasn't as crazy as that's when the I women did it. And yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Oh, yeah, well, the yeah. women did it and, and ruined a whole match. So let's have well, the guys are, do it. Have you seen our women's locker room? Yeah, yeah. They're crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Bunch of crazy We just be wilding. Yeah. But that was that was NXT. Yeah, well, uh, we're gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna come back with uh, the the dynamite notes. Mm-hmm. Then we're gonna go into the little, uh, little bit of news. Sounds good. Sound good. Sound good. All right, you gonna hear a little uh, ad with my voice on it, telling y'all all about it was written too, because you already know we revealed another talent today. Yes, sir. And don't forget to check out a brand new match as well from Paid in Full: Shogun versus Kota Hero. That's all I can say, man. Go to youtube.com backslash at Winter Circle Pro. Sir. You'll see it there right now. Right now? Right now. <laughs> we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, you already know what's going on. Winter Circle Pro proudly presents our one-year anniversary show as we take it back to where it all started. January 26th, Friday in Chino, California, we present 
it was written to. Tickets live on sale right now, $25 front row, $20 general admission. You can get those right now at itwaswritten.eventbrite.com. As you know, all you got to do is follow us and check out the talent we've already revealed this week alone and more to come. It is the return of the world champion, the most sadistic Dom Kubrick. We get the debut of the queen of aerobic style herself, Delilah Doom, as well as another debut in the lucha scumbag, Chris Nasty, and we get a few returns from top-notch Lucas Riley, fresh off that golden win in that tables match, as well as the gifted and talented Ray Roses and much more to come. And all you got to do is Follow us again at Winter Circle Pro on Instagram as well as at Winter Circle PW on Twitter as we got more talents coming and more matches coming. And don't forget, again, grab your tickets right now. It was written.eventbrite.com. Welcome to the Quincy Jones Show, home of the tag team champions of the IE, Quincy Jones and Doc Lesnar. Yep. We are back. Yeah, we are. And um, yeah, I guess it's about that time. Um, the light, the fuse, bring the boom, dynamite. I swear, one of these days they're gonna change dun, dun. the song, and then you're gonna be like, so "Bring sad. it back." <laughs> Love the track. Love the dynamite. Give. <laughs> <laughs> Throw back. Where's the dynamite? fuse? I'm confused. <laughs> yo, yo, that. Yes. Yeah. I think is that is that, that end up that might end up being the episode title. I don't know. I was thinking that, or it might be. Uh, by the time you hit the news, I figured we might just call it No Yeet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, but uh, we start off with a Continental Classic match: John Moxley versus Roosh. Didn't we though? Man, uh, first of all, just not even on my notes. Like this, this tournament has been dope as fuck. We've been saying it too. I, I've yeah. been, uh, I, I, I've been, I've been kind of feeling bad for Collision because it has been taking a hit as far as the viewership. But I don't know if you saw Brody. He beat Claudio. Yeah, I didn't see it, yeah. but they were talking about it on the show, and I was like, because I always go back and watch collisions, but it's usually like a I couple believe he days hit after. him with because he still got the cast. I think he hit him with a, a big ass ah, clothesline. Okay. I, I won't say it was super Owen Hartish, but it was like, well, the ref is letting him wrestle with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I got to get these points. Discretion. The house always wins, bitch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, honestly, like again, like to echo uh, Eddie, man. No slouches, bro. This has been uh, no all gas. This has been mm-hmm. all gas for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, hard hitting all over the place. Talking about John Moxley and Roosh, of course. Uh, they were fighting in the crowd and all over the arena in mm-hmm. the, just the first three minutes of the match. Uh, that included Roosh grabbing a beer can from a fan and smashing it into Moxley's head, which, I, to my surprise, I'm like, where are you at where they let you get the can? Yeah, Because word. They, they make you pour it in the glass wherever we're at. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know I mean? or unless that was a floor seat, you know, it's amenity. Like, well, I'm, a, I'm a big and I was able to sneak it in. <laughs> uh, on my person. On my per- I got it on my, got it on my person. <laughs> okay, don't, don't, don't check me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the ref was, uh, uh, I mean, Mox is, is weird. They, they, they made reference to Mox like, Talking to the ref like, hey, what's up with this? Yeah, with the yeah. beer can. It's like, bitch, what are you talking about? You be mm-hmm. doing some, some things heinous you bring shit. In. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, ref wasn't even following out there, anyways, to be counting them out or anything. Yeah, but whatever. Uh, after finally getting the ring, Roosh uh, hits the the feigned bullhorns into the mule kick very early on Mox. Uh, immediately follows up with the tranquilo. Uh, Mox flips him off and hits the early cutter on Roosh uh, in his own right. Uh, you got Roosh hitting the release belly to belly counter on a running Mox on the outside into the barricade. Right before picture in picture, I was like, God damn. Um, can we not go to picture in picture? <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh, a lot of back and forth shots between both guys because, I mean, it's fucking Mox and Roosh. You know, I mean, why wouldn't there be? Forearms, clotheslines, 
overhand chops and kicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for some reason there was like hella strikes, babe. Uh, <laughs> two superplexes shots uh, in this match, babe. Uh, I, I, I wasn't a fan of that. Um, to have two, because you know, first Mox hit one earlier from the middle rope, and then uh, he uh, he hit the uh, Roosh hit the other one from the top rope. But I was like, usually you don't see two superplex spots in one match. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was kind of weird. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we then see a point when both men almost fall victim to the double countout. Uh, you know, obviously commentary has been trying to remind viewers that a countout or any type of DQ uh, point or uh, that single time point limit. Out. Yeah, it's a single point to each man. Um, Mox is the King Kong Lariat and the Death Rider, but Roosh kicks out, which I'm honestly, he's been letting a lot of people kick out of that shit, which I'm okay with. Yeah, because uh, again, I think we were talking about last week. You know, uh, we uh, whichever week it was, we were talking about like John Moxley will give to those he wants to give. You know, he's not one of those guys like I'm not trying to put this guy over, but it's like you know, Mark Briscoe kicked out of that shit. You know what I mean? Like, a hey lot man, he's a legend though. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's chicken dog. You yeah, know? yeah, but you you get what I mean? Like, like, like he gets the integrity of these matches and, and the Jungle tournament Boy as, out. as a, as a yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. But the integrity of, of the tournament, I think, again, no slouches. So some of these yeah. guys are gonna dig really deep. I mean, you know? I guess, so. I guess it, it's when you think about it, if it's a tournament of a bunch of killers, like they're gonna like mm-hmm. we're gonna just gonna get a lot of those false finishes. For exactly. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mox quickly submits uh, Roosh with the rear naked choke. Though I don't know, I don't know if you saw this, but I, I don't yeah. know if it was a case of commentary. And the performer not syncing up, or if there was a, a real discrepancy with the call, uh, because it looked like Roosh was starting to go out, quote unquote. And as but as soon as the ref calls for the bell, like you could tell he's not out at all, and very yeah, much yeah. awake, oh, and like oh, he, did, he, he uh, didn't tap. So it's like, I don't know. Moxley's song must have woke him up. And I yeah, like, I was uh, like, yeah, dude. So it was like a lot of reaching. So I, yeah, I don't know if the ref was claiming that he was out when you know, but right. I mean, he spent some time arguing with them post match too. So I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah. Uh, it could have been shoot or just add more nature to the situation of yeah. Roosh getting caught and losing the match. Yeah, very true. You know, yeah. like just being angry. But like, if he, already... if he waited like three seconds, that would have been a little. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's I think, really I think, down. To, and to again, the wire. I don't know if it's up to him waiting three seconds to argue with him, or up to the ref to wait three more seconds to make the call. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's like, yeah. Then again, again, it could be selling the fact that he's angry because he's behind the eight ball. I think he has like three points in the in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, that's true too. Yeah, it's um, a lot. Uh, not a whole lot here. I just put Roderick Strong had a live stage promo. Basically, he has officially left the wheelchair as he says the he's been held back by the wheelchair for far too long. Uh, as uh, yeah, Taven good. and Bennett make it out good to be po- some sort of miracle. Good spot. Know? Good spot. Um, I was like, thank God we're, we're done with it. I mean, I wasn't mad at it, but I'm like, you know, he could only keep hitting these running knees and these mm-hmm. <laughs> and a heart heartaches and then ah yeah. ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we didn't get an MGF uh, Hangman Page segment, did we? I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, it was interesting, but I also didn't know if I needed it. Well, you know? so, but, so but the, it is the first is, time we've seen him interact in like maybe a year. This so. is the only reason I, I I felt the need to bring this up because there's a few stems from this that I mean made my my, my brain work a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Renee was outside of MJ's locker room to get a word with him regarding his tag match with Samoa Joe later in the night, which is a bunch of crack of shit. Anyways, uh, Hangman oh, accidentally man. walks in through her shot and instead kind of takes the opportunity to explain his mindset uh, since. Uh, losing to Swerve in their Texas death match at full gear. Um, MJF finally walks into frame as the two men have a kind of, to be honest, more of a less a dick measuring contest going back and forth about uh, who the better athlete and uh, or promo is. Yeah, that's more what I felt like. Like, I don't know if I need this part, but yeah, it does yeah. kind of bring some fruit. But, but, but this, about, this, this is what I mean when it, with the, the, the brains, the, you know, it makes my brain hurt a little bit mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a good way. Because, uh, 
it added layers, I don't know if unsuspectingly, to the devil stuff, because you got MJF suspecting Hangman is the man behind the mask, mm-hmm. and in turn, Hangman is in turn throwing out an interesting accusation about MJF possibly making it seem like he's the one that's been getting attacked when he really is the devil, mm-hmm. uh, with Samoa Joe finally intervening, you know, obviously easing Hangman's tensions away, explaining that... Uh, uh, you know, MJF is his responsibility and tells yeah, Max yeah. that what they got going on. That was on. real Jaws. That's my bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 Joe Bate, back up, cowboy. That's my fish, baby. That's my fish. Fresh fish on the line. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing like that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, the only reason I point this out again is Heyman's accusation kind of comes to fruition because later on in the night when Joe and MJF are scheduled to face those masked men, the footage is seen of MJF already laid out mm-hmm. from an alleged beatdown, but again, nothing was seen, no witnesses around yeah. can co- corroborate the story. And then, you know, all we have is just a laid out MJF with pieces of a broken bottle scattered around him. Yeah, so, you know what's funny is I didn't even put that together. Well, you see, know, the, the bottle made sense but, but wait, like in terms of like, oh, maybe he was attacked, but I didn't think about... Was it Hangman? Well, see, I was going to yeah, get yeah. there. You, you oh, kinda, I thought you, you kind of No, I wasn't done. I was, gonna, I was trying to say the fact that he called him out for attacking himself, and then, because everyone else has been attacked, you've seen it. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets attacked, it's right when this match is supposed to happen, and no one sees him get attacked, but he's on screen, laid out, and then, the you know, the, the, the guys try to, you know, play some mind games with Samoa Joe, so I'm like, may, you know, may, it's making it seem like, and there's only three guys, not four, so it makes it seem, you know, they're playing up like, oh, maybe it is MJF. But then, yeah, I was going to say, but the fact that they've never used a, a beer bottle before, yeah, it kind of adds to the fact that maybe it is, you know, Hangman, because maybe that's the red herring. No one likes to drink like Hangman, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, so, no, I, I agree. Like, it could be, yeah, it could, it's, it's is it the smoking gun or the red herring? 100%. Like, it, it's a, they could have just placed that. It's almost like... Um, Oh, there's a sycamore cane next to him. Was it the Sandman? Like, you know what I mean? No, nah, it's, sense, it's but clearly like you, Hickory, it's dog. Like, yeah, don't, yeah, don't be yeah, trying yeah, to Yeah, there you me. go. There you go. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, planting, uh, uh, you know, it's evidence. Cora Jade yeah, with her. So. Bl- with her. Does she sell the black? Does she still use that? She, she used um, to come to the ring with a, with a, a she spray painted a candlestick black and she would. Is that what that, I don't know why I thought it was like a bat or something. I haven't seen, she's hasn't, she's been like off TV for a while, so yeah, I'm not too sure what's going on. what Breaker's doing out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Break her, it down. Her dad didn't wish she didn't hear that. <laughs> uh, we got another kind of classic uh, match right here, man. Swerve versus Mark Briscoe. Match was uh, essentially the polar opposite of what Mox and Roosh was. It stayed mostly in the ring, but also there uh, there was just more of a methodical match uh, mm-hmm. pacing to it. Uh, Swerve psychology obviously riddled with high spots and, uh, you know, big hits from, you know, freaking um, Mark Briscoe and his rugged style, you know, yeah. cu- coupled with the redneck kung fu, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, Swerve hits uh, a few spots here. Swerve hits Briscoe with the snapmare. Um, you know, and his, you know, obviously with the diving middle rope, uh, European uppercut out the, yeah. out the corner, uh, and then hits the gritty on him uh, before they fight out to the floor. Which I, you know, you don't really see Swerve take a time to do shit like that. What's the gritty? Oh, it's that dance move that he did. Where he oh, that's it. Yeah. yeah, I've seen him do that a couple times, but didn't realize I had a name. I, but he's, yeah. you know, I will say a lot, this. A lot, it's popular in the NFL. So like, yeah, well, a lot of people that, do it on yeah, TikTok. Right, they've been right. using okay. a lot of, in, uh, for touchdown dances and yeah. shit. Like, Swerve, Sam does that shit. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Swerve, I will say, though, uh, unless you get back, is he is he knows exactly who he is in that ring, bro. Like, his, his, oh, yeah. his in-ring is, like, just so... No, he's evolved so... so like, slick and yeah. swift and, like, crisp. That's smooth. really the he's word. He's smooth Smooth, fuck, smooth. Dude. That's yeah. what I was like. Well, yeah, yeah, it's he's very so smooth. Bu- bro, and, and, and I got, Entertaining and, to watch. And, and not to take anything away from Mark, because I have a few of his spots, but a lot of these spots yeah. are how smooth 
Swerve's transitions were in this match. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, even but, some of his counters too. Dude. Yeah, dude. I mean, um, but yeah, they uh, you know, he again hits the gritty on him, and they fight out to the floor. And dude, Swerve hits Briscoe with a that superplex from the top of the barricade. <sighs> yeah, on the, from the other side of the barricade onto the ring floor. I was like, what is? I mean, you just giving this the a- minute he stood on there, I was like, he he not gonna do that. Like, bro, that he, seems he, very risky. Like, like he stood on business, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> if barricade was had business, a business, yeah. <laughs> if Swerve was in the barricade, yeah. this, this, he stood on that. He stood on it. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, Mark tried uh, to wear rear waist lock Swerve, but Swerve in his every evolving form is how I had to write it. It reaches through his own legs, leg trips Mark, then hooks his leg into Mark's leg, rolls through to turn him over onto his stomach, then deadlift Germans him, mm-hmm. release, follows through with that rolling flatliner, mm-hmm. kips up with the one-hand handstand, and nails him with a fucking round. This is all yeah. one sequence yeah. for an earful. I'm like, yo. And I've never seen him hit like a, a, a basement roundhouse Yeah, just, kick. just like, yeah. I was like, yo, he's like, you don't care. You, 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 yeah. you don't get this work. There was one point, too, where he, um, I think he tried to waist lock him from behind, and he used his leg. That's what I just said. No. He re- where where he 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 grabbed his leg through his leg. No he no he no over? he didn't grab his leg. I'm saying Swift you uh, Swerve used his leg to break the the hold. Like it was like a very minor thing that was after that that uh that sequence. It was like towards the end of the match, but it was very small. But I was like, damn, that's the small details. My man, go ahead. Um, Briscoe in his own right hit a standing rope flip. Santon like he didn't run. He just like mm-hmm. seen him and just hit it. Uh, on the outside and uh, followed with a, a close, pretty much a clothesline from hell for a yeah, near fall. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we then had two uh, dueling, two, what I call them, 2.8 counts with uh, Mark uh, first getting the knees up on Swerve's 450 and then mm-hmm. rolling into a, a small package. But then right after you had Swerve getting the knees up on Mark's uh, froggy bow mm-hmm. and rolling into a crucifix as well for another kick out. Hit that nice uh, um, cartwheel DVD too, yeah. Um, Swerve uh, gets the win, uh, though, after hitting the DVD on the apron. Mm-hmm. Follows up with the Swerve stomp. Uh, obviously advancing him to the top uh, next to uh, neck and neck with Mox with nine points in mm-hmm. the Gold League. Mm-hmm. Uh, and later there was sort of a confrontation between him and um, and Mox. Uh, you know, again, they're the... The two leaders of the league with nine points each, and Swerve just putting Mox on notice so he's ready to go through anyone and anything to win the tournament. And I, I'm like, yeah, I, I, we've never seen y'all. I don't, I don't believe yeah. I've seen y'all even in, in the ring together before. But I love the fact that he didn't wait for Mox to come to him. He just went up to him. It was like, yep, mm-hmm. look where we at. And I like that. Nana won't be able to be part of it. It'll just be a straight up. Yeah, I mean, I, that is one thing I have been. Uh, appreciating though i will say that I, i've been missing the 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 bullet club gold stuff yeah. but then i forget that juice is supposedly out because of the the tv smashed on his well, head he, and yeah shit, he actually so. has a back uh surgery but he'll I, be back I figured in like he, two months or so i figured he had to be written off for a reason mm. meanwhile he has to look at luther and handle his lady speaking of which we had tony storm versus sky blue and this is the the most notes i had on any anything this tonight not not a bad match, but yeah. Well, this is yeah. I the the notes I had were more uh, less about the match than everything else surrounding the match. <laughs> um, early in the night, we had Mariah May. Um, she had a short backstage interview with Renee uh, after being seen uh, walking to Tony Khan's office last week, and uh, she was happy to reveal that they had discussed her official in ring debuts uh, to be scheduled very soon. Though when Renee asked her uh, who she'd be facing, her, her whole mood just changed up. She was just like. Very sternly, like telling her, like, yo, that's none of your business. Mm-hmm. And then, like, switches back to like her bubbly personality and, yeah. and reminding her, oh, but tonight's not about me. It's about Tony Storm. And 
I don't know. It was weird because commentary also kept heralding this match as Sky Blue's best outing yet, though. Like Sky Blue only had like three like little glances of offense. She had a huge diving body, uh, cross body. Mm-hmm. She had a running attack of her own, and then she hit, uh, you know, um, the the code blue for a near fall. And it was a good one. Yeah, but it's like other than like that. Uh, a series of moves one after the other mm-hmm. she didn't have any of this match so i'm like how is this their best outing yet we saw her do better in other I matches think, you know? i think so in terms of weird. like the in-ring little stuff like i it was her longest match for sure that wasn't that triple threat basically that we just saw full this is definitely not her longest match i've definitely covered another match where she like on a rampage where she had like ah uh, yeah this match is like this match was even uh, 10 minutes long yeah which was crazy so um but then, then you had Tony with her shenanigans. You know, they had the spot where uh, they're both. Did you see this when they were both standing on the apron and Luther walked over to him and yeah, then she I like see, it, it got hit, on his shoulders. It hit the the internet pretty hard. Yeah. I was, but see that one was crazy where they were. On, he was on her shoulders and then she basically grabbed her by the hair and like ran and threw her yeah, off the off apron. The apron yeah. And then off, the one that was been on the internet I've been seeing is uh, you know the, the the ridiculously dramatic wind up punch. Yeah, she's um, been doing that lately. Yeah. I mean, look, my heart goes out the sky blue on it because she had to stand there looking like a zombie for like 10 seconds the whole time to take yeah. it. You know what I mean? Uh, but there are some instances in this match where production would use the black and white filter on some of her moves in the match. Yeah, it's like consistency, guys. Like maybe well, have one camera have, you know, you just pan to that camera. Well, when, this is the, the only issue I had with it is like when you think about it, it, it does one of two things. It either one feeds into the narrative that this is predetermined, mm-hmm. that the cameras already know where to be and where to highlight the live action shot per se. And I mean, but then maybe it plays into her character That's where, I was, where she feels yeah. like she's starring in a live movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Anyways, Tony hits the hip attack, goes for the Storm Zero, but Sky Blue countered with the jackknife pin, to which Tony Storm counters into a pin and stacks uh, Sky Blue for the win. However, controversy on this finish as fans online are pointing out that Sky Blue's uh, shoulders were clearly nowhere Nowhere close on the mat uh, during the pin. And commentary weren't even trying to like. Yeah, I do anything. That was the only thing I like. Rampage. I was like, "Am I tripping?" Or I was like, "No, her shoulders are like in pile driver position." Yeah, I mean, and a bless her, but you know, Tony got those thick thighs, so they they weren't gonna be like. Yeah, that that was gonna be the best. Yeah, it was like you know they they always say, "Oh, so a a a a hair's away, or or like a razor sharp, you know, away from a three count." No, that was uh, (laughs) that wasn't anywhere near the mat, Mm -hmm. like for sure. But uh, Tony's still technically won clean, so there's that. Uh, but one thing I noticed is Mariah May left the ringside area during a countout spot, uh, but no one seemed to notice on on our mentioning on commentary until after the match was over. I don't think I even noticed she was um, out there. Yeah, she was out there in the beginning, and then she just like I liked her intro too. Yeah, little boy from uh, the Turner classic movies. Or I, whatever. I, yeah, I wasn't too sure who that was. They had a hard time saying his name, so I mean, I was like, they did. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, but this is leading me to kind of believe that Mariah May might be facing Tony in her debut match. I'm thinking too. Um, just the way she's being super protective, and then it was almost like. It's not about me. It's about her. I'm like, it's almost like you're telling us without telling us. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Post match, though, Rio returned for a nice pop. Is a uh, commentary or trying to weave in that Rio was taken out by Tony Storm alongside Ruby Soho and Soraya or Soraya back when they were still in the outcast together. So I don't know why it's still relevant now, but. You know, commentary also immediately refers to yeah. Riho as the first AEW Women's Champion as soon as she comes out. So I guess you know when Tony's the current champion and they need contenders, they will use anything, even if it's a reach, to make it uh, somewhat make sense. Yeah, uh, I was just like, you guys don't be putting nobody over like that. Uh, oh my God, it's the first AEW Women's Champion. I was like, what? It has been a while since we've seen her, but still. Yeah. Um, 
I got two more matches here and uh, also some match announcements. So we had another Continental Classic match. Jay White versus Jay Lethal, man. I enjoyed this match. I did. I uh, felt like the crowd did not. They, was- no, no. Like, look, look, I said this is what I put. They had about 12 minutes, but you could have swore it was 15 or 20. Yeah, I feel like they got so much yeah. and made so much out of the time that they were given. They I couldn't, maximized Because I couldn't yeah. believe it was only 12 minutes. I'm like, yo, we've booked 12-minute matches that mm-hmm. didn't seem like I had that much action in it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was another great tournament matchup. But I feel like the star of the match was the Montreal crowd. I mean, I guess we might agree or disagree, but... Dude, they. I, oh I, no! I mean, I'm not saying they weren't. It just didn't. It seemed like they were focused on other things than like. But maybe because they're both heels. But yeah, go ahead. Man. I don't know. They had some great chance. They had let's yeah, go, that, yeah. let's go, Jay. Mm-hmm. Oh no, let's go, Jay. Jay, you suck. Mm-hmm. We also had a double J chance. Yeah, I laughed at that. <laughs> uh, which prompted, prompted the, the strut from Lethal, and then you seen like White almost go for it. Yeah. We also got both these J's. Both these oh, J's. Oh, that's what they said, yeah. Uh, we got, uh, of course, uh, J forever. Yeah, that was my favorite. And, uh, you know, of course, Montreal wasn't going to go without hitting the El Generico Ole Ole a few mm-hmm. times. So, mm-hmm. uh, But, yeah, these two have fought before in ROH when Jay White was still a young lion from New Japan, as they covered in the video package earlier in the night. Uh, so this rematch was, you know, been in the making for a few years, but both men showing their in-ring acumen with the technical nature of the match. It was real enjoyable, to be honest. Both men very competitive mm-hmm. in their characters, which made the match that much better in the spirit of one-upsmanship and going counter for counter and getting the upper hand on the other guy. But, you know, in the end, Jay White beating Jay, uh, Jay Lethal in a result of a scramble of pin attempts, to be honest, awarding him three points as he steps up to six points into the, uh, you know, the Gold League, still eligible in the tournament. Alongside Rushu has three, though Lethal and Mark Briscoe, I believe, are uh, competing in the remainder of the tournament in hopes to be considered. I think, uh, yeah, I think one of, uh, yes, one, I think Mark maybe Briscoe somebody got else eliminated. Well, yeah, they, yeah, because they said that, you know, every, every person has five matches, so yeah. there's no way you can come, like, come back. Yeah, after, yeah. If, if you lose your third match, you're like, well, yeah. you only have two matches left, you're not going to tie ninth, you know what I mean? Yeah, or what, I, what I will say is I really enjoyed that, that final sequence, because uh, where he tried to go for the lethal injection yeah, twice. I did. Like, the one where he swept his leg was yeah. good, and then... I, I I can't remember what the first one was. I think it might have been he he got on he him with the O'Connell roll or something, and then he kicked out and went for it again. Which yeah, I was like, yeah, oh yeah. I think when he on the kick out, he was like, "Fucking amazes momentum." Yeah, and go yeah. for the flip, and then he took him out. Yeah, it was it was a really good match. I really mm-hmm. liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then we got the some matchup uh, announcements right here. I'm gonna take it down uh, show by show. Rampage. We have a uh, powerhouse Hobbs and Takeshita uh, tagging up against Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel. They've been Doing a lot of tagging lately. I saw him on Collision yeah, they as well. Used, they used to tag back in ROH, so yeah. they're reprising that old, old um, charm. You got Abaddon versus Trisha Dora. Yeah. Um, like Orange, to see her on the show. Yeah, Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen are scheduled to appear. I don't know what to do, what they're yeah, doing, but yeah. they're just scheduled to be there. And also, uh, you know, they also were talking about how uh, Brian Danielson does, I believe, three continental classic matches in in seven days yeah i think they, they is, didn't they had, didn't they didn't announce the the, the third one yet no that he had the first one on saturday so they're saying he has one on rampage and another one on collision so oh, okay yeah because yeah, be, uh, yeah brian it's, it's brian danielson versus daniel garcia on rampage and then he's facing uh andrade el idolo on mm-hmm. collision in another match um uh, we also got claudio versus eddie kingston uh rehashing that old gem for mm-hmm. another kind of a classic match for the blue league uh, we also have uh, Willow Nightingale taking on Mercedes Martinez, yeah. and um, it's been official because I don't know if you saw Ethan Page had a promo yeah, where he yeah, uh, really called good. him out. Um, Ethan Page, he, he got what he wanted. Kenny Omega in uh, Canada for a collision uh, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and then also next week, I didn't realize it's winter is coming already. Um, but yeah, we got Dynamite winners coming next Wednesday. Uh, or I guess this kind of was coming Wednesday uh, from when this drops. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Swerve, uh, Swerve Strickland taking on John Moxley in the kind of a classic match, yeah. Gold League. We also got Jay White versus Mark Briscoe, I Gold like League. It. And we have uh, Roosh versus Jay Lethal uh, in, in the classic as well. Uh-huh. Uh, we will also hear from Samoa Joe. Uh, the Von Erich family returns to Dallas, so that wasn't uh, just a meme that yeah, I sent yeah, you yeah. With, uh, with Christian mm-hmm. saying Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also signed, Hangman Page will take on Roderick Strong, which I think would be a good match. Yeah, I think so, too. That sounds like a banger for sure. I mean, honestly, I don't know who's been booking that, but I don't know. A lot of people have been, been saying some stuff. I know the viewership, or not the viewership. View, viewership, I heard, has been good, steady. Obviously, it's the ticket sales that's been up and down. I heard they had to cancel like their proposed Canada event. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if it was because it was underperforming ticket-wise, or you know, maybe it was just going to be uh, financially. Like it was a full house last night, but yeah, I also really, don't know yeah, what, yeah. The, what the opposite hard cam side looked I like. I feel so. like whenever you go to places that don't always have, like you know, you know, they know that uh, like the WWEs and the AWs won't always go there as often as as they are in North America. Yeah, people will buy tickets because they don't know the next time they're going to be out exactly. there. You know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. Same thing with like uh, Wembley. Like people are like, mm-hmm. "Fuck, I don't know when they're going to fucking be out here." But the fact they're going to be out here, I'm gonna fucking and buy they a find ticket. out while they're oh next year. <laughs> next year, oh fuck, oh we we could have waited. Uh, we got a uh, Edge versus Christian Cage, TNT Championship man in Canada. Um, yeah, I mean, I had some notes for this, uh, but I mean, we were talking about the how poor the finish was on this. I don't know. Yeah, but, man. Um, it's a main event match. I will say this: when they came out, and then they had the championship uh, introductions from uh, was it Justin? Yeah. Um, Roberts, Justine, and yeah. then you had the crowd being as hot as they were. It felt like a pay per view match. It really key. did. You know, um, it was a pay per view level match. Yeah, on paper, yeah. Uh, it was weird. Edge got he went for a rear naked choke immediately. Yeah. Um, doesn't cinch it in, but he nails the beats of the Baldrin on Christian, which I can imagine was a way to pay homage to Sheamus. Yeah, this is his last. Uh, match. Yeah, I mean, and it was his last, not only his last match, but the last time he wrestled in Canada too. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it was in Montreal. I believe it was in Toronto. But yeah, still. probably. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a you know little the cute wrinkle, little thing because I know yeah. I know Miro does it to pay homage to, yeah, to, to his 100%, buddy. Yeah. Um, he chases Christian to the to the outside, slams him head first into announcer's table like ten times. Dude, dude. yeah. I say hi to Taz. <laughs> I was like, God damn. <laughs> Christian tries for a low blow to get the DQ win. Edge catches his hand, stomps on it instead. Uh, Edge takes Christian. I keep calling him. I'm just going to call him Edge. Edge takes uh, Christian to the outside cope. again. But Cage, uh, yeah, I ain't doing that cope shit. I've seen Taz trying, man. But, you know. Uh, Cage outmaneuvers him and throws him over the barricade into the crowd area and races back into the ring trying to get the count out win. Uh, we get a crowd shot. of this, I only wrote this because it was funny. We get a crowd shot of Edge kind of like trying to shake out the cobweb, slowly trying to get back up uh, in the crowd. And, you know, the cra- you know the, cra- the, the, uh, <laughs> the count's already started. Mm. And off camera, you just hear <laughs> a fan, Adam! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it works there because that's yeah, his yeah. name. I'm mm. like, that was, I didn't even think about it. I'm like, that's hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, anyways, uh, Edge, you know, he makes it back in at 9.8. It was really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give him credit. Uh I just, I don't know. I'm not a fan of having two of those spots on the same show because we already did it with Mox and Roosh. Yeah, I was uh, thinking the same night. thing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, but then again, everyone's always fighting on the outside of the ring key, all the fucking time, key too, key man. Swerve and, yeah, and Mark, too, but he, at least they changed it up with that superplex. Yeah, so they did. Yeah, that, that was, yeah, that was more of a, yeah, you're right. That was more of a double down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he uh, ends up 
immediately targeting his neck with neck breakers and a blatant shulk hold in front of the ref because I don't know if you remember he had vowed that he was gonna he was talking yeah. shit about you know breaking yeah. his neck again. Uh, Cage tries for a, a ten count punch uh, combo in the corner, but Edge bites the same hand he was stomping on earlier uh, before hitting a, a, a middle rope Russian legs. People I'm like oh, back up, buddy. Yeah. You know, you're lucky he didn't do TM a running pending. start, all right? Yeah, TM pending, bro. Uh, that's the Jamaican the leg sweep. You better watch uh, out. Yeah, watch it. <laughs> watch it. Oh, man. Anyways, uh, Christian answers back with the diving frog splash. I haven't seen him hit that since, like, TNA. Yeah, days. it was nice, though. Um, near fall, uh, he tries to uh, hit Edge with a spear, but Edge counters into the impaler DDT for a near fall. That was a really cool. Yeah, yeah, he, like, grabbed him by the head and then spun him mm-hmm. and then, like, hit it, right? Like, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, pretty interesting for sure. Um, and then Edge tries for a spear of his own, but uh, Cage uh, leapfrogs over him, which I was like, God damn, that was pretty yeah, impressive. Hits a, a quick kill switch for a 9.8 near fall. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I switched to my bad. Cage tries for the uh, for the kill switch earlier, but Edge counters into the Edge-O-Matic. Oh, the Copa-Matic, yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> he said, yep. You know, someone gave him a... Um, RJ City gave him a great uh, suggestion for a uh, move name, because when he... Uh, I'm sure you've seen some of these interviews yeah, that he does. Yeah, he's funny. I know. They, yeah, they're, they're hilarious. Yeah, I went from not knowing any anything about him before he was with AEW to being very amused by All him. All I know is that he was the guy that was beefing with um, David Arquette during 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 when he was making his comeback to any wrestling really? he was, he was a, remember when Dave Arquette had a uh uh like a movie screening oh, and yeah, the guys yeah. that was yeah. RJ City that really? showed up oh, okay. yeah if you go up you're like oh shit that is him yeah i just yeah okay um but yeah i um it was just funny cuz he had asked him like so are you going to think of any new names for your moves you know and he was like yeah like i'm going to have to he's like and he gave him one he's like what about i got one for you and he's thinking he's going to say some stupid shit he's like what about the coping mechanism and he's like Oh, that's pretty good. And he's like, "That's why I'm here." I'm like, "Dude, that yeah, was a good that, one." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, "If you're gonna go there you by go. coping mechanism, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's coping mechanism could be a that uh, could be the rear naked too. I don't know why he's going for the rear naked, but whatever. No, no. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Cage tries for the spear again, but Edge dodges away and kind of clips the ref a little bit with Cage taking advantage of the ref's back being turned, and then Doesn't he fucking he... <laughs> yeah, he <does>. kicks him. <laughs> he basically kicks him in dick the dick. Kick city. Reverse dick kick. Um, like, because his back is turned, and he's like, so I'm gonna get it. I'm still getting it in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cage ends up Poor grabbing. Bryce, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Cage grabs the title belt, tries to sneak edge, but he ducks under and rebounds off the ropes. But Cage, uh, Cage ducks under now as he also rebounds off the other side of the ropes. And we get this crazy spot where they both go for the spear. Yeah. But like, literally ram into each other as both men and the ref are all down. That's kind of the, that's probably the coolest way I've seen that done. I think it's been done another way. It might have been Roman and Edge, but it didn't look as dope. See, the only time I saw it in real life in, in front of my eyes was um, uh, Buster Rhymes and uh, the Break Your Neck video. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. For real. <laughs> and then we get the horrible finish, which pretty much uh, <laughs> Shayna Wayne. Nick Wayne's mother go home. comes down to the ring. I wish they would have went home after that spot. Uh, to the ring, does the same spot her son just did where he turned on Darby instead of hitting Christian with the TNT title, except uh, she hits Edge instead of uh, Christian, you know, the one who's been talking shit about her, uh, yeah. the way she's been mothering. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways. And her thirst traps. Uh, yeah. He's <laughs> like, you should have been sending them straight to me. You should have called me. should have called me. <laughs> should have called me, babe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christian then puts the belt underneath uh, Edge's neck, 
his head and neck and stomps on him, you know, before, again, trying to break his neck, I assume. I, I don't know what that really did. But, yeah, oh, you brought that back with that Buster Rhymes. I see. But, yeah, cool. um, but then you hear, I don't know if you heard this. You hear a voice off camera literally yell, go, 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 go. I didn't hear that, no. <laughs> Which I'm assuming was someone from production trying to hurry up the, the match for the TV time because Christian goes for the pin on edge, and you see Bryce Remsburg, he's, he's still very much still selling the effects of the low blow. He's laying on his stomach with his back turned. And then somehow out of nowhere, has just knew where to yeah where to wake up and what where to position, in what position to swing his body around to see like Christian's pin and count the one two three. It was just, anyway, it's very weird finish. Yeah. I, I know that's probably more technical mm-hmm. on me and the mechanics of how it looked, but it just I was like, bro, you were just grabbing no, me no, your nuts. You're, you're not, like, because I feel huh, like it pin? was a really great huh? match. <laughs> pin over here for, for mm-hmm. on free TV, but in Canada. And for it to end that way was a little bit. Uh, I, I thought that uh, what would have happened was that it would have been either a DQ finish or um, Luchasaurus would have came or Kill Switch would have somebody would Kill showed Switch. up. I thought maybe even Jungle Boy would have showed up. I don't know. Um, which I'm hearing from. Uh, yeah, I was gonna. That was in my news. Actually. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll wait on that then for sure. But yeah, that, that was pretty much my review on Dynamite. Um, again, they've been kind of hitting out the park with the the tournament matches. Stick that in your face, QT. All these <laughs> high-profile matches with no build. It's a tournament, bitch. No, yeah. <laughs> like New Japan. Oh, wait. wait oh, 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 shit. Oh, we proved them right. Damn it. Damn oh, shit, it is a G1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, let's uh, – you want to get into news, man? Yeah, I'll just jump right into the Jack Perry stuff. Um, well, oh, actually, I can I can talk about New Japan. Oh, yeah, that's true, too, yeah. Since I just brought to. it up. Yeah. Can I get him? Nah. Yeah, sorry, go sorry, ahead, get him. Sorry, Tyrus. <laughs> Let me see. I'm looking. Oh, okay. Sports Illustrated reports that Kazuchika Okada Mm -hmm. is set to become a free agent in 2024. Mm. Quote, Okada's contract expires at the end of January. While a new deal with New Japan would typically be underway, Okada is seriously entertaining the possibility of wrestling for a different promotion. Well, I heard that he's returning to Impact in January, like just for a one-time what? show. Yeah, which is, you know, and it's lame because all, <laughs> said, who, all who, the who footage. Who in the office? Who well, in the office? Well, all the footage they're showing is him no. with the mask. Yeah, and it's just like, bro, you're not helping so, yourself. Like, See, the thing, the, the best thing would be is for him to come and face Samoa Joe, and they'd be like, ha-ha. Yeah, no, 100%. But, yeah. I mean, I don't think he'll go to WWE. Because you know how they are when it comes to speaking English? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was just a Vince thing. Who knows? Yeah, very true. I mean, Shinsuke's really doing this thing right now. but Yeah, I mean, they. I, I remember before people were kind of back and forth when it came to the uh, the closed captioning. Yeah. Not necessarily with him, but like they've tried it before and they thought it was like, oh, that's kind of racist. I'm like, not if you need to know what they're saying. So like you don't got to call someone racist because you can't read. The, the <laughs> oh, why? Because you need a translator? Yeah, exactly. if he had a human translator next to him, you'd be like, mm-hmm. "That's kind of racist." <laughs> like, I don't that's know. Gotta be illegal. That's, Bob. that's gotta be. Um, but yeah, that, that's all I had for for that uh, pertaining to uh, the God Okada. Yeah, no, I got you. Now, um, yeah, I mean, kind of actually, kind of sticking w- with that a little bit. I, I did bring up Impact. There's a guy named Kevin Sullivan, not related. Yeah, everyone to was the up in a roar, bro. Famous of the of the. Uh, did you see that people were? We're calling out Sean Ross out because the real Kevin Sullivan wrote. All he tweeted was, "I would have <laughs> made rumors I was not let go by." Well, that's the thing is, yeah. it's I don't think Sean Ross Sapp 
said no, no, it no, was he didn't rep- him. It's he just the guy has yeah. the same, you know. Yeah. And again, not related to the more famous wrestler, yeah. the same name. But he actually came over for, from Impact and has been working as the VP of post production for AEW since like the beginning. Dave Meltzer actually broke the story, and uh, it was like you said confirmed by Sean Ross Sapp. But he was yeah released by AEW on Monday. Uh, Mike Mansuri is the uh, I guess the senior VP and yeah, co-executive. We've been, we've been hearing a lot of that name lately too. And, yeah. and he's a senior. Uh, he's a senior VP. I guess it was his call to let him go. Uh, he reportedly, Sullivan reportedly built the entire post-production team, uh, which was based in Nashville, uh, which has mm-hmm. a lot of people questioning, like, what exactly is going on? Because, you know, uh, it's just one of those things where he's been really good at his job, you know, and so, but he was said to have been highly thought of backstage and, you know, was there since the early days. So, you know, it is very interesting, but um, yeah, I did bring up Jungle Boy, which I can kind of slingshot back to. So in October, there were rumors that, you know, his suspension was believed to be lifted, uh, you know, or of been lifted back then, like silently. But now, according to Sean Ross Sapp during a Q&A session, um, yeah, he said that the uh, he is no longer suspended. But what's interesting, too, is he's actually officially filed for trademark protection on the Jungle Boy name, which also entitles them to, you know, merchandise, hats, shirts, all that stuff. So I don't know if he's going to return to Jungle Boy, if he's leaving and retaining the Jungle Boy name, because that's kind of the same, the kind of behavior for both. You know, it's like, okay, you're going to come back as your old gimmick, well, or the, you're going to well, take the other your thing old gimmick somewhere else. Is like, that I think I've saw it, we've talked about it a few times in here before how surprising it is that TK doesn't really have a whole like a hold on the IP stuff when it comes to a lot of these guys. Oh, okay. Like gotcha. he doesn't trademark a lot of this shit. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if he leaves it up to them or what. It's a little bit different structure wise than how WWE does it. You know what I mean? They want to own everything. A lot of these guys come from stuff that they've already built. So I, I'm pretty sure that a lot of it is an l- understanding of that. But yeah, it is interesting. It could be just him preparing for a return, uh, which I mean, given the story, I guess him and Killswitch return or what? Since, and then fucking fight Christian and Nick Wayne or I don't know. Got you. I don't. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but mm. but um, at the same time, you know, if you want to go on back on the Indies and try to rebuild his name, because that's the thing. A lot of people are blaming him. They're, they're you know they're scapegoating him for everything with the punk shit. Like oh, you made Tony Khan pick uh, you over Punk. It's like it's, it wasn't that easy. Yeah, I mean you know, to me, people kind of seem to keep forgetting the part where he grabbed or he put hands on Tony Khan. You can't do that to your boss yeah. anywhere and think you know unless you're Vincent Mann. Which is part well, of the script. That's about it. They don't know? forget. They just glance over it and roll their eyes at the because you know it's the whole I feared for my life thing. A lot of people don't believe it. They, yeah, they're like, well, oh, he should have took that beating. Yeah. Well, speaking of Tony Khan, he actually revealed in uh, to the New York Post that uh, with Ric Flair being on TV, that they're not actually paying Ric Flair. Uh, Ric Flair is essentially paying us. He says we're getting paid by Woo Energy for all of his appearances, so we're collecting yeah, revenue from them. They've been, they've been freaking is, on every dynamite. They, they, yeah, yeah, 100%. And then also wanted to add to that, too, while also speaking to New York Post, he revealed that he had asked Sting back in October if he could, uh, if he could wrestle at uh, All In and retire there and he says he told me as we approached the ticket on uh on sale that he did not believe he could make it another year in wrestling and have the best chance for a happy and healthy retirement so that's why he wants to do it at uh revolution so which makes sense again because of the time oh you're saying sting doesn't think he can make another year yeah exactly I, I mean he doesn't wrestle so much but you know yeah i, I mean I, I guess it depends on how yeah how many times they roll him out before then but definitely it's tony so he's gonna want to 
he's going to want to use him a lot. Yeah. And then uh, I had a quick update on Jeff Hardy. Apparently, uh, he's been dealing with uh, struggles with his vision. Uh, he had said on uh, Matt's Extreme Life podcast, he said, my biggest challenge has been eye surgery i came back in march and had double vision that's still my biggest fear i can see where i need to see the double vision is still there though for example uh leaning back in bed and trying to watch tv even looking at the camera now it's doubling up on me a little bit but to the left it's where it all started it's pretty much gone so i can see where i need to in the wrestling ring i just need to do more matches uh like tonight where i'm actually excited to go out there and perform so i didn't even realize that was a you know a issue he was going through but he also made another comment where he said you know, I said in WWE, I felt like I was a ghost just walking around backstage. Honestly, man, I kind of still feel like that at AEW because of not being involved in something cool. I feel like there's something so special that uh, we have within us to really bring out still. So, I mean, I agree that I don't think they've been using the, the Hardys to their full advantage, but I also don't know where they fit in right now. But I think they could be doing more without Brother Zay and all that. I think they could be doing more yeah, in the tag I, team I mean, for sure. Zay's not, I mean, Zay, he's getting the experience of a lifetime, but it's not... I don't know what it does in, in the grand scheme of what private parties doing. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't think it's getting the Hardys over there. They're, I mean, I think I told you they had a pretty interesting match on, I believe, Collision, where they were kind of working a little bit heel. Yeah. Um, against, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a six man against Top Flight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was on Dynamite. I forgot. What, what, it was whenever they were in Minnesota. But, you know, I don't know. Like, it's a. Uh, I don't blame him for feeling like that, but at the same time, I feel like the whole thing that the Jeff Hardy arrests or, or yeah. you know, that. Yeah, let's not and, act like that's not plaguing yeah, stuff. And, yeah, and, yeah. You, know, you guys had that that big triple threat tag uh, ladder match you guys are going to do and they ruined that main event. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, the, 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 the natural go-to should be, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Christian and Edge, but obviously something with those four. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, down the line. But. Yeah, I, I agree. And then finally, in terms of the AW side, uh, Brian Danielson actually uh, put out an a interesting challenge. He says, I got a challenge to make in honor of Jay Briscoe, somebody that we all loved. How about this? The BCC against FTR and Mark Briscoe, and we will bring the fight just like Jay would have wanted. And he's talking about challenging them three to a uh, trios match at uh, ROH Final Battle. Which sounds really Oh, that's fun. what okay. I did see that I believe Yuta and Danielson had some sort of they hyped some sort of announcement. Mm, okay. On the taping and like, oh, you, you might want to watch ROH. We're like, well, what is it? <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Just tell us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna just buy it just to watch fifteen seconds or something and then be like, All right, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, but going on to the WWE side, we brought up Jungle Boys. This only right we bring up the other side of that coin. CM Punk stuff, uh, just various things. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp had said, you know, WWE sources have indicated to Fightful that they're optimistic a Steve Austin versus CM Punk match could happen. Uh, and the subject Don't has been it. broached. But it is interesting to think that that match last was brought up back in 2013, literally 10 years ago. But um. Oh, for uh, the game. You're right. Fuck. Yeah. But uh, Dave Meltzer also added uh, some of the creative plans uh, for CM Punk. He says, the plan is to take a lot of time off before getting to Roman Reigns versus CM Punk. The feeling right now is that it will oh, be God. gigantic at the time they choose to get there, whether it results in Paul Heyman leaving Reigns for Punk and Punk going heel and Reigns face, which was a speculation we got. There are multiple different ways to approach it, though. Well, uh, how can Punk go? He There's no way he'd be heel against roman no i think people would kind of cheer yeah you know that he's turning on roman in a sense exactly. but uh also we had some interesting uh you know 
I would say, comments and uh, uh, updates regarding CM Punk. Jericho on his podcast said, quote, nobody in the AEW locker room talked about Punk returning to WWE. They should be more concerned about controlling Punk instead of watching what we do. I have no respect for Punk because he only came to destroy everything we had built, and the same will happen to WWE. Competition stopped being clean because they made it dirty a long time ago. He also said uh, in an interview with Van Vliet, uh, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. That's the Vince attitude. If you can make money, you bring them back. He brought back the NWO. He brought back Bischoff. Man. Uh, you know, and he mm. says Vince isn't in charge, but Triple H learned from him and keeping the fans happy and entertained. Um, look, he, you know, referring uh, to Punk, he came back and it was the highest viewed social media they ever had. So right out the gate, it benefited them. Uh, Jim Ross also weighed in on it and he said, it was great booking. Good judgment call by Paul. Uh, Phil is a friend. I didn't always agree with them, and I certainly agreed with them more than not on some of his issues. He's just a friend. I'm happy for my friends that find success in their chosen vocation. I wish him the best of luck on his journey. I don't agree with all this shit that went on with them. I think he could have handled it a little differently, as probably everyone could, if you go back and look at it in hindsight. The bottom line is he was a great get, timely, and I love the surprise. And then, uh, you know, Seth Rollins weighed in, and he says, look, <laughs> Punk, Punk said some really bad things about me, talked down about me for years and a company for years. I'm talking some really bad stuff, called me a bootlicker and crap like that. You don't know me. You don't know what I stand for. I'm a loyal person. I felt pretty insulted by a lot of the ways he treated me, treated the place I work for, and treated friends that I work for. And on that note, it also seems interesting because I guess Punk uh, seems like he's going to be returning to SmackDown at some point. And it's being said, a lot of people are speculating if AJ well, Styles is also coming back. Yeah, to I was. I've been wondering about that because no, he's because he's, he's been hurt, advertised. Right? Yeah, yeah, but he's been advertised for tribute to the troops that's coming uh, tonight. So Sheesh. yeah, it's being. I don't know if, if they're going to be in the same building at the same time, but I definitely know the. Uh, Styles does not mess with CM Punk in any regards. No, and and he he and he won't even comment on why. Yeah, he just won't even give him any. He doesn't give him any any breath of, of air. Come like on, get out of here, you. <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, Mercedes Monet, uh, the former Sasha Banks, reportedly is entertaining a return to WWE, but is demanding a lot of money. Uh, according to Sean Ross Sapp, says there was a working plan for AEW to bring in Mercedes, or at least tentatively in August. I've no longer heard that's the plan. I haven't heard any current plans there. I think if WWE were smart, they would look at the amount that she's asking for, which I've read the do- I've heard the dollar figure. Um, I'm sorry, I've heard the dollar figure, and I would say that's a lot. I would do it. I would do it if I were them because she deserves it. She could be an anchor. There's an audience she brings in. Nobody else brings in. Uh, there are a wealth of just Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet wrestling fans, and a wealth of them, but it's very speculative, nothing you know definite. So, But just thought I'd put it on people's radar. So, um, And then we did have some recent releases. Uh, you know, last Friday, uh, most notably was Mackenzie Mitchell, uh, which was very surprising. Uh, and Brandon Thurston of uh, WrestleNomics also said uh, that several corporate employees were released as well. Uh, this is the second wave of uh, releases since the Endeavor, you know, merger, st- you know, kind of happened. As the first one came back in September, that included over a hundred employees, but. Um, you know, Mackenzie tweeted, today I was I was released by WWE. I met my husband, moved cross-country from Connecticut to Florida for NXT, a place I've always considered home, and met friends that it became like family. I've always said and firmly believe in when one door closes, another one opens. And then Vic Joseph, he retweeted it and wrote, my favorite tag team partner, all the love and support that has rolled in for you has been amazing to see and read. I love you always. So, you know, it doesn't seem that like... That was a good tweet, man. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, I don't think uh, the them working at 
possibly two different places going to you know do anything to uh, offset their relationship. But this is an interesting update as well. House shows look like the tradition of house shows is going to be reduced greatly, um, as suggested by TKO COO Mark Shapiro. Uh, mm. He talked to the UBS media conference and basically said that you know the reduction is he cites margin perspective as a driving force and if that's really implying that the shows may not be as profitable for the country or not country for the company uh you know obviously they've undergone some corporate layoffs so they're indicating a financial evaluation uh is on the on the rise so but um Basically said, while there is valid reasons for house shows, uh, you know, obviously for brand building and audience expansion, they just might not be financially efficient. Says, while there's a reason to have them because it's good for the brand, we're building an audience, we're putting them on in C and D counties. We're really stretching the brand and we're amassing a greater array of eyeballs from all demos. So it's good for our long term growth Uh, through a margin perspective. They are. Uh, dilutive so there's probably an opportunity as we go through our efficiencies and our synergy opportunities to cut back on some of those non-televised events so which will push their margin up you know which obviously is what you want well i mean the thing is i will say is i think they'll probably because the the holiday ones are always the cash grab for them because yeah 100 percent. a lot of people go during this time Mm -hmm. and it's cheaper yep and they have, I mean, honestly, the talent they have featured, they always have a lot of fun doing yeah, those things. Yeah, you know yeah, and I mean? they do so, r- really audience-specific stuff, too, on yeah, the shows, I, I would yeah. say. I mean, and then, you know, obviously, them being away from their families during that time, too, so it's like, yeah, I don't know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't doubt that it's for sure needed in, yeah. in, in the grand scope of things, especially when they're trying to retain money in the merger, they had to let go of some people, and now they got to you know, probably reduce some uh, production costs and uh, yeah, probably all yeah. that good stuff. So, hundred percent. And then uh, just a few minor updates, and I'll be wrapping this up. Uh, Kevin Owens apparently uh, he suffered an injury during his match against Grayson Waller not too long ago. Um, he had to get an X-ray and all that, but he sustained an injury fracturing his fourth and fifth metacarpal in his hand. So Sheesh. that's something going on. And then dovetailing off of that, Sami Zayn recently has been granted time off, so he'll be out of action for uh, some time. Not sure why. Maybe it's just, uh, you know, just wants some time to, you know, recharge the batteries and whatnot. And then spinning off of that, uh, you know, his uh, Usi partner, Jay Uso, uh, as you guys know, likes to say yeet a lot. I mean, he'd been saying it since before he split. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. But, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's funny how it's like we've, it means different things. Like, you know, I've, I've heard of, uh, I'm about to yeet this dude over yeah, here. Yeah. Oh, I just yeeted him over there. Like, just throw violently or whatever. But mm-hmm. then, like. He's made it into like an ad lib. Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah, but uh, yeah. Apparently, uh, they've uh, WWE has found some issues with trademarking it, and reportedly, uh, the word and merchandising will no longer be associated with Jay going forward. So, which is so dumb. Yeah, because they should have looked into whether or not they were able to even own it before they started printing. I shows. mean, it's like, did you trademark what? No, you didn't do that. Or yeah, you That's can't do people, that. They, they were saying that they should have known that this is just a pop culture word one of those things that you could just you're not going to make that much like just sell Mm-mm. the t-shirts yeah 100 then now you're gonna like take it's it a away flash in the pan moment like, yeah now you're gonna take it away and he's not even gonna say it yeah now, now it's gonna yeah it's just so weird um and then randy orton was recently on the impulsive uh podcast really good listen if yeah i did see that yeah and now he's talked about wanting to uh you know get to that uh get or tie or break that rick flair record and he says, uh, of course, I want to do everything I can, man. You know, longevity is always the number one goal for me and being able to go home, play with my kids and not be in pain. Right. 
That'd be the ultimate goal. But, you know, as many accomplishments as I can accomplish in WWE, the more the better. I've already done so much so far. It's kind of nice being in a position where I can watch over guys' matches and maybe critique and help and answer questions. But definitely something he wants to aspire to do. So, And then uh, finally, just kind of going off Randy Orton with a, uh, you know, a guy he used to be in a family with, uh, Bray Wyatt. You know, I think you had brought up a um, – a, a really cool update last week with the Hall of Fame induction and stuff like that. Uh, you know, not to end it on a sad note, but I uh, didn't realize that, uh, you know, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, uh, why can't I think of her name? Uh, his his baby's mama. Oh, you're talking about JoJo. JoJo, thank you. Yeah, I, I don't call her by her actual name, but Jozanne. Uh, she had put out a photo of them two and had, you know, said that they, they were, I guess, would have been married a couple, you know, last week or so, so. And so I just felt for that. You know, she did write a message saying tomorrow would have been our wedding. I'm every bit broken and lost without you, Wyndham. The kids and I really miss you. We wish you were here. I love you forever with hearts and stuff like that. But, you know, just um, one of those things Like you brought up the holidays earlier with events and stuff. You know, holidays, holidays are where you feel uh, the most absence with lost ones and stuff. Like yeah, that. no, absolutely. But, you know, but um. Yeah, man, besides that, that was the news this week, my dude. I got one more thing. Yeah. We can end it on a good note. How about that? Yeah. Another name to add to the pile of new parents. You know, we we reported, uh, was it Alexa, Alexa Bliss? Alexa Bliss, Corey and, uh, Graves, uh, and Carmella, and then uh, Sammy Guevara. Sammy and Guevara and Tay Mello. Tyler Breeze. Oh. Had, it, had his very first son, very first time uh, parent. And, um, did he hit blue steel on the way out? I don't know if he did, <laughs> but I, all I know is that he uh, he announced it on uh, the the latest up up down down. That's what's um, up. Shout out goes to him. He was chronicling his uh, his first night watching him. He was like, "Yeah, it was, you know, you know, it was my mama killed it, right? You know, and then she's exhausted, and then you know, I'm thinking, okay, it's my turn. I'm clocking in. Boom, four thirty in the morning. All right, all right, cool. I wake up. I'm gonna feed him. I feed him. I'm putting him down back in the bed. <laughs> he's a, he, he looks like he's out. And then I go to the the baby monitor. And he's just wide-eyed looking right at the baby. <laughs> and he's like, he's, he basically said like every hour he had to feed this kid because he was still hungry. And every time he would put him down, he'd be sleeping. As soon as he, he put him down, he'd turn around and he'd be looking at him like, Where the food like he said it was like like the Terminator. Like, no. Nah. <laughs> like he, it was like, imagine like the Undertaker popping up. And yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, like, right. oh, I ain't dead. Nick. Oh, um, but yeah, uh, shout out to him though, man. How's this up? Daddy Breeze, man. Daddy Breeze, baby. Yeah, I actually like that. That's pretty nice, mm-hmm. man. Um, Daddy Breeze and Dirty Dango. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, there you go. Ooh. And then when he gets a kid, Daddy Dango. Ooh, Ooh. the dirty daddies. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> trademark, 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 trademark. You get a trademark. You get the daddy trademark. police now. Oh, man. <laughs> the daddy department. Or, 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 the, or the fashion daddies. <laughs> the fashion daddies, the daddy department. I like that. Like it a lot. <laughs> like it a lot. Yep. You know what I mean? But uh, anyways, man, uh, thank you all for listening, man. And uh, of course, man, we had to uh, bring this episode to you a little bit later. I had a, a doctor's appointment. But we are uh, kept kept our word. It is Friday, yes, sir. So you know what it is. But it dropped. Do what you do, and that is follow us doing what we do, uh, and that is at the Quincy Jones Show on Instagram as well as at Quincy Jones Show on Twitter. And uh, of course, don't forget to tap in with us uh, everywhere you go to get your podcast, man. Every every Friday, sometimes mm-hmm. Saturdays. And if we can't make it, we'll let you know. But Quincy yeah. Jones Show, man. Uh, on the countdown to three hundred, man. This is a two six nine. Yeah, Damn good fine. Yeah. I think hit it one more time. Big low, yeah. Big low. <laughs> Quincy Jones, Quincy Jones, Quincy Jones. Jones, Jones. Jones show, Jones show, Jones show. Jones show. <laughs> yeah, I, I, lo- I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. But, man, uh, don't forget to tap in with us when it comes to the 
Winter Circle Pro Wrestling one-year anniversary show as well. Yes, you already sir. heard the ad, man. It was written, too. We are back. I mean, I can't believe it's already been a year, man. I feel like we were just talking about this not even a year ago. You know what I mean? Just Yeah. Really just getting our... Yeah, it's, it's crazy because I think we rolled out October, end of October, November of last year. And it does, yeah, it's surreal how fast the time has gone. But, yeah, it's been a I really mean, I'm, fun I'm ride so at, far. I'm looking at a framed picture of the first flyer and just rem- just remembering everything that went through that first show, too, dude. Yeah. Like, all the, the issues and the hardships and everything. I was, I was just talking to Chris Nasty uh, about some of that stuff, man, some of the stuff we were going yeah, through. Yeah, shout so. out. Yeah, if you don't already know, he's going to be uh, one of the – uh, announced uh, talents already um, for It Was Written 2. He's making his uh, big-time debut with us in a big-time match. We're definitely uh, going to be happy to announce in a couple weeks. But, uh, again, man, tap in with us, man. Want a sickle pro? It Was Written 2. You can get your tickets right now at itwaswritten.eventbrite.com. $25 front row, $20 for general admission. And uh, one thing we will say, you want to – yeah, I was gonna say yeah, we, we, you know we, for we the, can break it right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah def- oh, I was gonna say you know for the first twenty people that do purchase a ticket, uh, you guys will be entered into a live drawing. We will, we will be holding during the intermission of our anniversary show, and uh, the winner will receive two front row tickets to our next show, April twenty sixth, for Hard to Earn, and that's Hard to Earn Part Two, I believe. So, but yeah, the first Hard twenty you guys will be earn. instantly entered into that drawing, and you guys will see the results of that drawing live in your face, in person, at It Was Written 2. You got to get there, get your ticket, itwaswritten.eventbrite.com, like my man done said, man. But, yeah. 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 And um, on that note, I mean, again, check out uh, the, the the YouTube. Again, we dropped another match today. Shogun takes on uh, Kota Hero in a match dubbed. The Shattered Blade. The, the, the Mountain Breaker versus the Mountain. I, I was going to say the Mountain versus the Mountain Breaker since I said Shogun first. Yeah, but, yeah. but you get the idea. It is the Mountain versus the Mountain Breaker. Shogun taking on Cody Hero. Uh, first time matchup as far as I know. Uh, it's live right now uh, at YouTube.com backslash at Winter Circle Pro. And uh, if not, you, if you're already tap, tapped in with us everywhere you go as far as uh, the uh, social media goes, which is at Winter Circle Pro on Instagram and at Winter Circle PW on Twitter, then you could also uh, click on any one of those um links that we're for sure posting out you know sometime today all over the weekend you know we we, we be on our promotion man so definitely check it out and don't forget to tap in with the rest of the videos we've had from uh you know it, obviously from victory lap yeah, a lot of big title stuff match the yeah, triple man. threat match was my favorite match so far that so one's not out yet the triple threat oh you're right i'm sorry yeah, you're right yeah, i'm sorry <laughs> i keep forgetting i'm like yeah yeah, and then, then we also had our, uh, a few that we're going to be – you, you got to be patient, baby birds. We're going to feed it to you. But we also had a, a tremendous um, uh, women's match, a oh, uh, yeah. tables match, and a world championship match. And you can, you can go to the uh, uh, YouTube page right now and actually hit that notification button. It's all already scheduled out. It'll let you know when it's going to be dropping live. And that way you guys know when to stay tuned and check out the live premiere and all that. Tap in with us, man. You already know. Again, uh, Winter Circle Pro, we're coming, yeah. man, uh, Friday, January 26th. Yeah, and uh, finally, you know, your boy, Doc Lesnar. I got some social medias and stuff like that. Go ahead and find me, uh, you know, on Spotify. Listen to anything on there. I'll appreciate it. I mean, obviously, this is awesome. It's my most recent project. But anything from that to audiovisual, I promise you guys will uh, enjoy, man. If you guys just like good music, whether it's the Wrestle 
rap or just good old hip-hop, I got something for you. Also, check out the Quincy Jones Show album by my man Quincy Jones. Go over here. Not just a podcast, it's an album too, man. So you go ahead and check that out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dummy. Yeah. Uh, you know, on anywhere you like <laughs> to stream your favorite music. But follow your boy at Doc Lesnar for all things having to do with my music uh, you know, career on Instagram. That's at Doc Lesnar. Go ahead and follow me at Doc underscore uh, KJS pod for all things having to do with this podcast. Wrestle Wednesdays hashtag. Let me know who you're wearing next Wednesday, man. This I is love what we that, do uh, every week. I love that wrestle shirt you had. I was like, I saw it. I was like, damn, that, that matches almost perfectly with that FTR jacket. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I can never find one when I want to wear the other. So that's what's so funny. But, uh, and then also uh, follow your boy at Lesnar's underscore lots. That's Lesnar's underscore lots for all things having to do with my Mercari page. Uh, it's been a while since I've updated it, but I got a lot of new stuff I'm going to put on that page soon. It's not just going to be my Wrestle Wednesday stuff, I promise. But uh, yeah, man, go ahead and check it out and uh, find me on Mercari uh, under Doc Lesnar. I got tons of stuff. Sign 8x10s of your favorite wrestlers right now. I got uh, box exclusive figures i got figures that you know are just you know brand new that you guys can go ahead and get it's the holiday season uh, i don't do black fridays but i i don't bend people over a barrel so i promise you regardless it is going to be a fair price but go ahead and check me out and i ship very uh very often the same day that you purchase unless it's past the time at the post office so you know yeah but i i get you the next morning it is what it is man but other than that man follow me Follow my boy over here, Quincy Jones Go, and of course, follow the show, the Quincy Jones Show podcast. Thank you for listening in for another brand spanking fresh episode, as I said at the beginning of this thing. And I got three words for him, man. Standing on business. Oh, my bad. Fresh oh, out no, the no, plastic. No, no, no. Oh, no, I was four. <laughs> Top, Top guys, guys out. out.